Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello, hello and welcome. Welcome once again to The Secrets of the High Demand Coach. And I am here with yet another high demand coach, a book coach, in fact, and that is Larissa Soen. She's an international best-selling author and she's the CEO of Next Page Publishing. Next Page Publishing is proud to serve and support coaches as they look for ways to boost their businesses and become leaders in their industries. Now, as the company's founder, Larissa's mission is to help aspiring authors unleash the power of their book, on the world and use it to grow their businesses. She specifically helps women entrepreneurs who are struggling to make their business stand out from the crowd and feel like they're missing out on making the right connections with their ideal clients. Well, Larissa is a fascinating concept. Uh, You know, I love the idea of book publishing. I specifically love the idea of like, what's the strategy behind why you would publish a book, which uh, I'm excited to dive into with you. But before we get there, I'd love to just kind of hit rewind a little bit Tell us your story. What were you doing before becoming a book coach and how did that ultimately lead you to make the leap? Thank you, first of all, for having me here. I'm very excited to talk about it, this topic because I think the more people that hear about the story behind it and the power in a book, the more people that are going to find the courage to do that thing that they've always wanted to do. And for a lot of people, writing a book is the dream. And I was one of those people. In 2021, I left my corporate position. I was a corporate employee working for the man, you know, corporate America, um, and I was drowning in bureaucracy. And I think that that story is so similar for a lot of people, especially the ones that become coaches, because we know that there's a better way. We know how it can suck the life out of you. And we know that other people can learn from our lessons before they go through the hardships that we have gone through. So I left my corporate position in 2021 and I started writing creatively and I stepped into my first sci-fi book and I published my first sci-fi book within about six months of starting writing it. And it was like this switch had been flipped in my body, in my soul, in my mind. And I knew that publishing was going to be the industry that I needed to step in, but I didn't know what capacity yet. I didn't know if I was going to become a full-time writer. I didn't know if I was going to become a writing coach, if I was going to become an editor. I just knew that I needed to be in the industry. And so I started digging around. I wrote a couple more books. Um, I dabbled in nonfiction. I dabbled in fiction. And I I found this um, niche through trial and error and learning what not to do. When I published my first book, I published with what I now know is a vanity press. And they taught me all the ways that they're out. these companies are out there to take advantage of authors, especially new authors who don't know any better and are just looking for someone to help them bring this dream 
to reality. And so I stepped back and I said, okay, how can I, how can I make this the best world for me as a coach, as an author, as an editor, and for the, the authors themselves? And I found this really cool niche in entrepreneurs. They were the, the most motivated with the best background stories as to why they were doing what they were doing. And that is the, the key to success in a good book. You have to want it and you have to have the story and the motivation to back it up. And so I created Next Page Publishing, um, and I have been publishing, helping other people publish their books for over a year now. Wow. Fantastic. Fantastic. So you've been doing this for uh, a little bit, um, some exciting results coming out of it. Uh, I, the first question that I have for you is, I want to kind of take a, a, a big step back and say, who should write a book and why? I know that you you actually mentioned this before we first started recording the myth busting thing. Not everyone should write a book. That's one of the myths that a lot of people be like, everyone should write a book. I think everybody has a book in them in some capacity. They just have to find the right angle for them. But not everyone should write a book. You shouldn't write a book if you hate writing. There are plenty of people out there that are amazing speaking and they're amazing on stages and they have no business writing a book. And that's they just don't enjoy it. And why would you do something you don't enjoy? twofold because you, it's going to be a slog and you're going to hate it at the end and you're never going to want to do it again. And your readers are going to know that you hated it. Whether you know it or not, the energy that you bring to your book shows up in your words and it shows up in your tone and your readers pick up on that. So who should write a book? It's the people that are motivated to share their stories with a different kind of audience outside of social media, outside of videos, um, and they want to connect on a deeper level. Another really good reason to write a book is because we are looking for that reflection in ourselves. And I I just had a conversation with someone who was asking me, like, do you think my story is good enough to write a book? And I said, well, do you think your story is good enough to write a book? And he's like, I don't know. And I said, that's the reason to write a book. Right there, because he needed the reflection. Even if he never published it, he needed that moment of reflection to find out for himself just how amazing his story is that inspiration that comes from true, honest, written reflection of what you've been through and where you're going. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Uh, so let's say we, we kind of, we get the bug, we want to write the book. What would you say are some of the biggest challenges specifically for female entrepreneurs who, who want to write, who want to publish a book? Mm -hmm. Confidence and people pleasing. It's that, uh, it's that good girl syndrome that comes across in so many of us. And it's that courage to step outside of what people think we should be doing and doing something that we need to be doing. It's that feeling of, for some people, it's pushing your mom's voice out of your head. Women have a hard time getting mom out of their head. And when their mom thinks that's a crazy idea, um, we, we, we agree. We tend to agree. You're like, oh, right. I could never do that. Right. Mom, my story is not interesting. Or the spouse that thinks, you know, I don't want you to take that much time away from the family, even though the, you know, we as women know this is what we need to be doing. It's getting, finding the confidence in yourself to believe that this is the right step for you and to believe that you are capable of doing it. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, we could obviously spend a lot of time on this, but just a couple, I don't even know if hacks is the right word, but just how do you start down that road of building the confidence that you need? I, I have this saying, and I really wish I could find who said it because I'm, I'm not the creator of it. A problem shared is a problem halved. 
and or or worry shared is a worry halved. And what it comes down to is if you can name what your fear is, and it's not you don't have time, it's not you don't have money, it's not you don't have skill. Drop those three. Those are excuses. Those are something masking something deeper. And quite often it's imposter syndrome. I'm scared. I, I'm worried what people are going to say. I'm worried no one's going to like it. Those are the true underlying fears. Mm. Find someone, a coach, a partner, a friend, a colleague that you can talk to about that fear. And suddenly that power it holds over you is cut in half. Because you'll say it out loud and you'll go, and if you find the right person, they'll tell you you're being ridiculous. <laughs> and you'll hear it in your own voice when you say it. You'll go, well, I can think of 10 reasons that's not true. Yeah. Right. And so a problem shared is a problem halved. Yeah. That's so good. All right. So let's do this. I, I, and again, like you mentioned, I, I talked about this on the kind of pre recording, and I think it'd be a lot of fun. I, I want to do a little bit of factor fiction, right? We'll take kind of a myth busters approach to this. Uh, because, uh, you know, there's lots of things that I think we've all heard about books. And I'd, I'd love for you to just kind of set the record straight. So, uh, first one here, uh, I've heard that uh, most books books don't sell more than a thousand copies. So first, is that true? And then if it is, what can aspiring authors do to blow that out of the water or should they? It's fiction, but not in the way you hope. Most books don't sell more than a hundred copies. Wow. So that is a staggering result. Now, things that you can do to get above that staggeringly low average. Understand marketing. A lot of time, and this is why I work with entrepreneurs because they know the imp importance of marketing. But if you are writing a fiction book and you don't have a business and you've never touched marketing, understand that writing is actually the easy part. It's the marketing that is the lifetime of your book. And if you do not have a marketing plan, and if you do not have a marketing partner, if you can you you know create one in, in your in your circle of trust, then your book will not. You will not sell beyond family and friends. You will not get that reach that you want. You need to understand marketing. And my biggest biggest marketing tip is understand who you're talking to. And you can do that by asking yourself a couple of questions. One, what does my book do for people? Two, who is struggling with that problem? And three, where are they hanging out? If you can answer those three questions about your book, or your coach pro coaching program, whatever the case might be, you will soar above that average. Well, and so similar to that, um, and, and you've even said this, but um, I, I want to go directly after it until you kind of probably rephrase a lot of what you said here, but writing the book is the hard part, right? right? It's you know, getting it out there. And so well, in terms of just kind of expectation setting, how much of the work is the actual writing versus what happens once it's already been written? I'm going to speak specifically to my authors because we have an escalated writing cycle. It's accelerated, I would say. Um, but generally speaking, there are three rounds of writing and editing. I'm going to lump them together. It's the time that you spend really heavily in your manuscript. The first draft is exactly like it sounds. It's the first draft. It is just getting the ideas out of your head and onto paper. And when people do this alone, they end their first draft and it is rough. And it's supposed to be rough. Don't expect it to be anything else if you're doing this on yourself. Don't put that pressure on yourself that it needs to be perfect the first time. But it's all about 
getting it out of your head and and creating the draft that you can start coming back to. It's called the shitty first draft and it, it, it's supposed to be. Now, in my coaching programs, the way we we work on the shitty first draft is we do it with coaching. So you're partnered with a coach and they're helping you every week you're meeting with them and you're and you're getting feedback on your writing. And this is this, we do this for two reasons. One, it keeps the momentum high. You have accountability, you're moving forward, you're delivering roughly a chapter a week. And two, you're not making the same mistakes that you would make throughout the entire manuscript. Your coach is going to come in and say, hey, this is amazing. Keep doing this. I need more of this. Or, you know, this isn't working. We need to step back and, and come at it from a different angle. So by the time in my coaching programs, by the time they're done the first draft, it's technically done the second draft because you've received all this feedback along the way that you cut out that, you know, six month block at the end of the first draft that an author would take for second draft. Mm -hmm. It also effectively acts as beta readers. Now, if you're doing this alone, at the end of your second draft, you're going to go out, hopefully for beta readers. You're gonna go to somebody that's in your niche, in your industry, or someone you trust for feedback and they're gonna give you feedback. Well, that's third, third draft. By the end of the third draft, you should be ready for professional editing. And I could talk about professional editing for a full other episode, so I won't. Um, but you do need at some some level, you should plan to have a professional editor look at your work. Uh, and so it's really, really helpful um, because I, I think, uh, you know, for some people, it can just be so overwhelming to think about that. But just the nice, simple step there and what to do with each one, I think is fantastic. Now, once the book is written, edited, ready to go, what's the what's the process look like from there? So after you're done editing, you, there, there's four pillars to publishing. And I, I like to, to layer it as kind of like a, an old-timey architectural Greek statue kind of a thing, a monument, if you will. The base level is marketing. And that's very intentional because if you, like I said earlier, if you don't have a marketing plan, you will not feel successful in your book, especially for my entrepreneurs who are looking to make money off of their books. You need to have the baseline of marketing. And then you have three pillars on top of that, writing, editing, and publishing. Now within the publishing platform is there, the publishing pillar is going to come the design work and, um, and finding the right platform and publishing platform for you. I highly recommend you invest in a designer that knows your niche, that is going to be able to give you guidance and, and build in your brand. Again, this comes back to my entrepreneurs. This is a, a pivotal funnel in your brand. So it needs to match your brand. It needs to be a representation of you, your message and your, and your company. Um, so finding a designer that's going to do that for you, but it does all come back down to the marketing. You could have the most beautiful cover, the best message in the world, the most unique take on your, whatever your topic is. If you don't market it, it will go nowhere and you'll feel sad. <laughs> And so let's say we've written a great book and now it's time to, to get it out there. Uh, uh, so going back to our factor fiction, the publisher does all of that for you. Uh, so once you've written a book, what should your expectations be of uh, how the publisher is going to get it out there and what you need to do to get it out there? Um, so it depends on what your goals are for the book. Now, if you are partnering with a hybrid publisher um, like myself and, and Next Page Publishing, and you, you have to be really clear with me and we have to have open dialogue on what are your goals for the book. If your goals are to simply sell copies to potential 
clients, then we're going to set you up probably on Amazon with an ebook. If your goal is you want to give away signed copies at speaking events, well, we're going to set you up with a paperback where you can bulk order copies that you can sign and then you can sell them that way. If you want to be in bookstores, that's a whole nother publishing platform that we have to start looking at. And so you, you have to be really clear on what your goals are. If you just want to use your book as a funnel and you want to put it up for free on your website, entirely different process. So you need to know going in, what is the long-term goals of your book and how do you plan to use them in your business? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And uh, one more fact or fiction here. And then I, I got a couple of questions I want to kind of dig in around this, but um, yeah, the next one is, do you like, you have to have a big audience before you can publish a book. Uh, is that true or false? That is very false. Very, very false. And, and the reason that happens, so a lot of people come in to the coaching world thinking, I can't be successful on a small audience. And we've seen it time and time again. And I'm hoping you've had people on your podcast that have talked about the power of small Facebook groups, small and engaged Facebook groups, how many clients you can take out of them. Um, and the same goes for your book. The problem with people that have a really big audience going in, especially people that don't have a business, chances of that audience being the right audience are, is very, very slim because they're, they're not, they didn't sign up for your book. They didn't sign up for this type of content. They're here for a different reason. And so those people that have the big list have this false sense of confidence that they're going to be able to write a bestseller. They're going to sell thousands and thousands of copies and they don't put in the work. They don't create the marketing plan. They don't um, have the backup systems, the plan in place. And then their book flops. Whereas the people with a smaller list, we know straight up it's going to be we're going to have to work for this. And so we make the time, we put the plans in, we find the resources and we we do the work to make it happen. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. So kind of in the context of all of this and uh, and the work you, you're doing with your clients, what would you say is the biggest secret you wish wasn't a secret at all? So for everyone listening today, what's that one thing you really wish they knew? I was just thinking about this and, and it's coming on um, the tail end of my walk. So it is like super timely. It can be both. And I wish that this is not a secret, I guess, but it's one thing my therapist says to me all the time. You can both be afraid and excited. Mm. You can both be worried and have hope. It's okay to feel both. And when you come into your book, expecting it to only be full of excitement and hope is not realistic. It is a big endeavor to go on. It's a big commitment to yourself, to your business, to your future goals. If you weren't a little bit worried, I would be concerned because it's the worry that makes you do the work and put in the action to actually make it happen. If we lived on hope alone, we'd probably never do anything because we would just hope it happened. But if we worry about it and we make plans and we take action, it, it's different. So as my therapist says, it can be both. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. And the funniest thing is this is a lesson I learned uh, from my my middle son uh, when he was like three years old. Uh, we'd ask him like, how are you doing? And he'd be like, well, like this much angry and this much happy. You know, it's like, okay, for yeah. him, it wasn't one or the other. It just completely blew my mind. But you're so right. It, it, and I've found that most of the time what we're really feeling, what we're really experiencing, the truth of the situation is that it is both. 
Uh, there, there's elements of both. And when we ignore one or the other, we lose the value that can come from it. So it's fantastic, fantastic wisdom in that. Uh, so I'm going to shift gears a little bit on you and have you take off your coach hat for a moment. Uh, put on your own CEO hat, if you will. Talk to us, what's the next stage of growth look like for you and your business and what challenge will you have to overcome to get there? Growth is such an interesting thing in your business because it looks so different for everyone else. I used to think I wanted to be a millionaire in my business. I used to, my, my motto used to be, I'll be the face voicing founder of a million dollar company. And I've been really you know, we've been wrapping up the number of clients we're bringing in and I've been handling a lot of the sales calls myself. And I realized that if I don't have that connection with my clients that are going through my programs, I think it'd be really sad. I think I would feel like I'm not connected to the company anymore that I worked so hard to create. And so I'm I'm in process right now of shifting what does staying involved look like and scaling up? Because a lot of times we scale up and then we, we kind of remove ourselves from the picture. No longer are we dealing with the clients, with the finances, with the marketing, and we, we're pulled up and we're sort of sitting on a pedestal above it all. And I think I would really miss the weeds and being in the weeds with my clients and reading their work and giving them the glowing feedback that they so desperately need in times of uncertainty. And I I, I think I would miss that. So I'm not sure what the future looks like for my business. I'm in transition of just understanding what my goals are long-term. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's so much, uh, there's so much in that. And I really appreciate you sharing because it's true. I, I believe it was Wendy Barland. She was a guest on the episode and one of her biggest things was like, you don't need a million dollar business. Like, where are we getting this idea that a million dollar business is a thing? She's like, I I did that and I would never been sicker, more burned out and more frustrated with my life than I did when I hit that that arbitrary number. So, uh, yeah. And, and then I love the second aspect of that is going right back to your earlier point of it can be, but how do you do that? How do you mm-hmm. get both the hands on getting down in there, enjoying the work that you actually do, and then also building up a company that can do that at, at scale? I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, folks out there, they've got a book burning inside of them. Uh, they they need someone to help show them the way. How can they find more out about you, uh, the work you do, and, and get connected? Yeah, I would definitely head to nextpagepublishing.net. You'll be able to find out all about our free resources. There are a ton of free resources out there. We do a monthly live masterclass session where you can come in and have chats with me and learn more about the publishing industry what the what it means to become a best-selling author and and the five steps to get you there. We've got blogs, we've got our own podcast. So definitely head to nextpagepublishing.net. And if you're looking to book a call, it's right on the front page. You can book a call. And like I said, I'm doing most of the sales calls myself because that's the energy is the energy is there for me. So you'll you'll probably meet with me directly. That's awesome. So check it out, nextpagepublishing.net. Larissa, thank you so much for being on. Just an honor and privilege having you here. And for those of you who are listening and watching today, you know your time and attention mean the world to us. I hope you got as much out of this conversation as I know I did, and I cannot wait to see you next time. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com 
And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes. Go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.